And I thought, if I can ever just get a song on UTR, that means, <laughs> at least in my heart, I've made it, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> missions that we have here at UTR Media is to help people rediscover their soul connection to music. And one of the ways we have always loved doing that is by bringing you one-on-one interviews with artists who are making the most meaningful music today. And uh, that is the exact reason why this podcast exists. Welcome to Green Room Door. I'm Dave Trout, and uh, we continue season two now. Yes, we took a little break over uh, Christmas and New Year's, and we are back with more exclusive interviews and really excited about today's show because it's a couple of guys who have some things in common. Of course, both of them are singer-songwriters. Both of them, if you saw pictures of them, you would notice right away our our smoothly shaven, very dashing bald men. And also, the the third thing is the, the real thing that I wanted to point out that they have in common, which is they both released brand new albums, both of them releasing on the same day, and both of them just within this last week. So in the second half, we're going to be talking to Rick Lee James about his new album, Thunder. And in the first half, we're going to talk to Christopher Williams about his new project, We Will Remember. C-Dub's new releases, oh, so compelling. And I won't give it away, though. We'll talk about it. Uh, But first, take a little listen to a clip of the song Deeper Well from the new album, We Will Remember. Tell me what the what the typical Christopher Williams experience is between albums. Uh, usually, I will not have enough songs for a long time to make another record, and so it usually is a good two and a half to three years between albums. And that's usually not how I want to do it, but that's usually how it works out. Okay, so here you are releasing another album just uh, you know a little over a year after you released yeah. gather yeah um why why did this album come together quicker than your, your normal routine? uh deadlines i i usually will help set a deadline but this one someone else set um because of this project is to accompany a book that a friend of mine commissioned me to write an album's worth of material for. And so his book um, comes out in January. So we kind of had a deadline. We've been talking about this project for about two years now. And finally it came down to crunch. And I was like, oh yeah, I gotta, I gotta write some songs and go into the studio. So I booked studio time with only five songs written and I had to write 12 total. 
And so that the deadline was kind of drove the, the need to do it. Um, and also, I think it came a lot faster because every one of these songs, except for one, was co-written, which was part of the whole dream of the project, was to write every single song with someone else or a, a few people. So what is the sort of vision of the project? It is, uh, it is a book. Uh, my friend Yako wrote a book called The Millennial Narrative, and it's a book that unpacks the importance of the Old Testament book of Joel and why that book is a, uh, a narrative that anyone, regardless of generation or experience, can live, step into and live into. And so he commissioned me to write these 12 songs um, to accompany his book, six chapters in the book, three chapters in the book of Joel, two songs per chapter of his book, and the idea of it being that he, uh, they're congregational songs, so he can go to a church and say, hey, here's the book of Joel, here's six sermon series, and here's two songs per Sunday that your worship team can do. Um, so the idea, or the songs kind of came about from spending a lot of time in um, the book of Joel, but also a lot of time in Yako's book. And so when I would sit down with someone to write I would have two things in front of me to kind of help set up the guidelines, the, 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 te the text that we're using from Joel, and then kind of two pages of notes from each chapter of his book to help give reference and kind of guardrails to the writing process for each song. I had a specific intent, and I wrote every single song in order from top to bottom, knowing that I had to follow the arc of the book of Joel. So it was helpful to follow that narrative as I was writing the narrative of the songs. So it's, uh, we don't get a lot of music based on the book of Joel. No, this might uh, be the first ever. Yeah. <laughs> We'd, and we don't get a lot of books uh, written uh, the themed on the book of Joel. So why, yeah. <laughs> um, what, I don't know if this is too much spoiler alert or whatever, but what yeah. is the, what is it about Joel that really, uh, inspired this project? Yeah, that's a great question. He, uh, the book of Joel is, uh, you could dive into it really fast and read it pretty quickly since it's only three chapters, but it starts out with uh, a call to all people. And then it says, uh, it talks about locusts coming in. And for the first chapter and a half, the first half of the whole book is about the devastation of the locusts coming in and wiping out everything uh, that we have. Lands the landscape, the livestock, all our food, everything that's been stored. So this idea uh, is that anyone, regardless of generation or age, but especially millennials, can relate to loss and mourning and grieving. So the, uh, the call of the book is to step into that loss and mourning but then also to step in as a body of people, as a community, to, to mourn together, and then to return to the Lord together. Uh, and then from there, it's the outpouring of God's Spirit and what will happen when we do those things. Now, to me, the fascinating thing is, I think that, I think that a lot of singer-songwriters could dig into the, the sorrow and the pain of yeah. the lament of that, and and 
yeah, you are specifically crafting these songs to be sung in a church setting as yeah. a congregation. Like that seems like a daunting task to take some of these deep, um, hard passages and, yeah. and, and turn it into something that could be a song that we sing together. Uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, that was one of the challenges, but I really, the more that I've played these songs out, the more I've recognized and realized the huge need for it. Not only within kind of receiving the songs and letting them wash over, but singing them together um, because there's a huge need for these songs in the church. They're, contemporary Christian music does not have a lot of songs, if any, that are lamenting songs. And we could go into hours of conversation about why that is, but mm -hmm. there, I know that there's a need. Mm -hmm. And so I'm hoping that this project will kind of land in that need, in that spot of, of for people to, to sing laments together. It's, it's what the Bible, I mean, what the Old Testament is all about. The Psalms yeah. is, is praising God for and celebrating what he's done, but also lamenting, uh, lamenting the loss that we have. And in some senses, which is one of the tricky things in the book of Joel is it says that he, the Lord brought the locusts mm. and that's a hard thing to say wow. about. Yeah. This yeah. is, this is not just four locusts just came in. It, it describes him as the head of the army of locusts <laughs> coming in and wiping things out. So trusting, lamenting, uh, communing, coming together as a body. Uh, one of the songs is called Remember and Proclaim, and it's the idea of we need to remember the valley as it was before it became the valley of death. We need to remember the beauty of valley, and then we need to go back even further and remember when he knew us before we were even born, and then when we were as, as an infant, and then, uh, as the scripture says in, in chapter 2, verse 12, return to me even now in the midst of your mourning and hunger, return to me and remember my goodness and proclaim it. Remember and proclaim, remember and proclaim. sweet uh, remembrance for us that we need to in the midst of loss and mourning uh, remember his goodness and, and proclaim do these songs um, I know they're they're written for the church but um, because the because the content of it is about loss and longing and hunger and lament and and um, and like you said remember and proclaim, uh, does it do you, do you see this potentially even connecting beyond the church? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's my hope for it. I'm hoping that these songs, which as the living word of God does, has its own life, and I hope that they will go 
far. Yeah. Not for my own benefit, but more of like, I think there's a great need for it for more songs like this for, uh, for people to step into and to help give words to difficult emotions of loss. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see, there's a few songs in particular, uh, that I feel like have, will have a life of their own, which I'm, I'm excited to, to see what happens. But overall the, the project is kind of flows from top to bottom. It starts with the call to worship and then it, it's about loss for a few songs and then it's about community and then it's about remembering and then it's stepping into the goodness of what the Lord has for us. So it's kind of a journey from top to bottom. And it's one of those albums that, but I'm old school like that. It's one of those albums that, um, you will want to listen to from top to bottom Yeah, to go on. And that's the kind of the sense that I've gotten so far in playing the songs live is that, Oh, this is, this is a journey that I'm, you, I'm ready to go on. I need to be ready to go on. So, that's cool. That's yeah. cool. Um, so how did the how did the making of this album uh, differ from your previous the previous albums that you make? Uh, not super different, uh, other than all the songs were co-written, and they were written in a sh- really short period of time. I wrote one through four. Yeah, one through four pretty quickly, then took a little break, and then cranked through five through 12. And mainly the last four were like in the last week, a week and a half, which was a little bit crazy. And then the actual making of the record uh, was pretty speedy. Uh, Like my other ones, we did it. We did it. Yeah, we did it pretty quickly. But there's something beautiful about tracking a full band together and uh, the energy that's created by that. And I felt like that would really help uh help the body of songs to to do it in that way as opposed to breaking it down instrument by instrument so we had bass guitars drums uh my guitar and keys and uh happening all at the same time which is there's something so organic and awesome about that yeah yeah so um what would be your message to somebody that feels like um, all of this conversation is resonating, whether they're in a church setting, you know, or want to say, I want to, I want to take this kind, this theme, these themes, and, and make them a part of my community, my, you know, church culture, whatever. What what would your um, input be? I would say that there is great power in lamenting, mm. not only. Uh, in your own story, but also lamenting together and that there is a ton of good that can come from, uh, stepping into that part of your story. Um, especially with a body of people who, um, you call community. And and I think one of the arching overarching ideas of the book that's accompanying the CD is, is, is that, we live and our culture lives right now in a moment to moment. Um, that's one of the song, one of the lines in song six, uh, I am not alone, but this idea of we live in these moments, uh, of Instagram, of social media, of snapshots, pictures, which in some senses is beautiful because we're capturing so many things, but it also dictates what we remember. Mm. We only remember, what we choose to remember and then 
what happens and what my friend Yako says in his book is that uh, the all these moments don't connect to a greater narrative. They're just moments. You just look at these moments and yeah, sure, there's a sort of a story, you know, an Instagram story, whatever, you know, running through it, but they're not connecting to the greater narrative of what God is doing in your life. They're just little snapshots. And so the idea of this record, the idea of this book, the idea of coming together and lamenting together and celebrating together is that we're connecting our hearts and our stories into a bigger narrative of what God is doing in the story that he is writing. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Oh, I love connecting with C-Dub. Oh, that was fun. Christopher Williams was our first guest today on Green Room Door. I forgot to mention this in the setup, but uh, we didn't record that in a green room. We recorded it sitting on C-Dub's back porch. Yeah, it was beautiful. Uh, that's why you heard some birds chirping, planes flying overhead. Um, and really encourage you to check out his new project. We will remember. Oh, it will inspire you and encourage you and challenge you. Uh, it is on all music platforms right now, including Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, wherever you get your music. So check it out. Uh, and speaking of new album releases, we also just came out with a new album about a week ago. Uh, it's on Noise Trade for free. It's 16 different tracks of some of the best songs released in 2018. Our critics panel helped uh, pick out some of these gems, and uh, you'll find songs by Sandra McCracken, The Choir, Krista Wells, Brooke Annabelle, Jenny and Tyler, and a bunch more. It's called UTR's Best Songs of 2018. It's on Noise Trade or on our website, utrmedia.org. You can get it for free or you can leave a tip in the tip jar if you so choose. Uh, but encourage you to check that out. And uh, we're so thrilled that it went to number one on the Noise Trade charts just last week. Um, next up, after this short break, we're going to be talking to Springfield, Ohio based singer songwriter Rick Lee James next. This UTR podcast is sponsored by the 2019 Storehouse Tour with the Gray Haven. With special guests on select locations, Chris Rinsner and Jess Ray. Hear the Gray Havens perform songs from their latest album, She Waits, and enjoy other fan favorites. The Storehouse Tour is making 33 stops, and one might be coming near you. See all the dates, locations, and ticket information at thegrayhavensmusic.com. Hey, Brenda, I trust your musical taste. Got some new tunes I can plug into? <sighs> to tell the truth, Marcus, I've been so busy. It's been a while since I picked up any new music. Sounds like you and I both need to win UTR's latest contest. What are they giving away? Well, to celebrate the new year, UTR is giving away 2,019 minutes of music. Really? Wow, that's a lot. What does that come out to? It's a stack of over 45 CDs of gourmet music and at least half of them are autographed by the artist. You're right. I'd love a pile of new music. Have you already entered? Yep. It only takes 30 seconds. Just click on the contest link over at utrmedia.org. I'm on it. But if I win... I'm definitely borrowing some of that new music. 
Hundreds have discovered UTR's Heart, Soul, and Mind playlist on Spotify with hours of gourmet music updated each month. Now we invite you to check out the all-new UTR Special Menu Playlist with a collection of hand-curated specialty-themed songs that are delivered at just the right time. This month's Special Menu features over four dozen songs from the over four dozen albums cited by the UTR Critics Panel as last year's best releases. You can find the Special Menu Playlist by searching on Spotify, or you can read the curator's notes or listen at utrmedia.org. Welcome back. This is Green Room Door. I'm Dave Trout. And our next guest is someone I've gotten to know over many years. In fact, he's a longtime listener to UTR and uh, has been a supporter of the ministry as well. Uh, and he, um, we've been able to play his music over the years as we've gotten to know him. Uh, we've hosted him in concert. We've had him to escape to the lake last year as one of our artists on the rise. Um, and he has been putting out really good um congregational worship songs, kind of modern hymns, and even hymn remakes um, through the last several years, and uh, just a few days ago released his new studio album, Thunder, and there's actually kind of an interesting story about the title track of that album, Thunder, which we'll get into as part of this interview. Uh, We recorded this on the campus of Trevecca University in Nashville. Um, We were there together for a conference. And uh, so let's dive in and uh, we'll be playing some of the music of Thunder uh, as the interview rolls on. But let's jump right into the conversation with Rick Lee James. Take us back to uh, the early days. When did music sort of take root in your life? When did, mm. when did you feel like it became an important component of who you are? Oh, man. I, Gosh, you wouldn't think early. I'm probably thinking back to, like, junior high or early high school. And uh, oddly enough, people like Garth Brooks at that time, who, oh, sure. you yeah. know, who was such a great entertainer. Mm-hmm. And he had a way of, like, pulling you in um, and making you feel like, even in a stadium of thousands of people that he was communicating directly with you Mm. through music. And um, I don't think he was like a major musical influence on me today, but the way that someone like him when I was younger influenced me to to think that like, wow, music can really connect and hit the heart, you know, in some ways. Um, And I didn't listen to Christian music for a long time, but I found that just music itself became from that junior high age on when I started learning to play guitar around 15, like everything else in life just started to unlock for me. I I never really felt like I was good at much of anything until I started playing guitar. Um, and from there, it just, I feel like, um, I feel like my mind opened up and it, it actually led me to a place oddly enough of surrender to the Lord through music at at a younger age. Um, and I feel like once that surrender came, music started to unlock more too. And I, I felt like there was, uh, you know, um, Eric Liddell, the runner that said, I feel God's joy when I run. Mm -hmm. And I almost feel like that with music 
too, mm. you know. So there's something something very powerful about the way we can communicate with God through things like music. When did you start writing your own songs? Probably about age 15. And they were really bad. <laughs> I mean, really. Uh, my first album, I, I don't even want to claim a lot of the songs, you know, on them. Just because, you know, my theology has changed a lot, I yeah. think. And um, <laughs> just who I am as a person, as an artist. And, and over the years, you kind of go go back through that. It's almost like your awkward teen years captured for audio, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Things like Man, that. Man, I can't tell you how many times I've heard that of yeah. people saying, like, uh, yeah, I, I had an album way back when, and uh, for, for for purposeful reasons, you cannot find it anywhere. <laughs> it has been eternally right. retired. <laughs> right. Yeah. But yeah. And here you are now um, working on, uh, or getting ready to release a new album uh, called Thunder. Mm-hmm. And um, tell us a little bit about the overall theme and purpose of this album. Okay. Well, this album is really different than my last album, which is Hymns, Prayers, and Invitations. That one was done with Lifeway Worship, so every single song on it is for the congregation specifically. This one has a lot of that element to it, but it gave me a lot more space in the studio to take time to create, to find new sounds, play a lot of the instruments myself, whereas before we just hired a lot of musicians you know, to come right. in. Um, I feel like this one expresses a lot of my heart. There are topics on the album that were really hard for me personally. There's a song um, about a number of miscarriages that my wife and I have mm-hmm. you know, experienced yeah. over the last couple of years um, and kind of seeking God in the middle of those things. There's a song about loving our enemies, which is a really hard topic for me and mm. for Christians, I'm I'm probably the worst, at least in my heart, even if I don't vocalize it, of cursing those people that disagree with me or that I, you mm. know that I f- that find life difficult. And I actually wrote a song. It's a congregational song of tra- of helping us, hopefully, sing about this idea that I feel like was very important to Jesus of loving our enemies. And um, there's, as you know, the the song. Uh, Thunder, actually, the title cut is uh, is a kind of a reimagining of a Rich Mullins song that was unpublished, and so this is the first time that the song's like actually released on an album that was by Rich Mullins, and I felt like it kind of captured the purpose of the album in some ways because the chorus of the the song says it sounded like thunder when you cleared the temple, and it sounded like thunder sometimes when you prayed incredible wonder when the veil was torn in glory it sounded like thunder when the stone was rolled away you know and so we we just wanted to maybe disrupt things just a little bit the whole idea of thunder that we would come in and i don't mean that we were writing like protest songs and stuff but just trying to maybe introduce into the the culture of worship music a little bit of maybe some uncomfortable topics that we're missing. There's a hymn about the Trinity. I don't know how often we sing about like the Trinity in churches. Um, But I really wanted to write something that was not only creative, but had a good like solid theology of what we mean by when we come and worship the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit together and kind of fleshing those out in music form a little bit for us to sing congregationally. So there's a, a number of things on the album and, and it's a very musical album too. Like we did a lot of different styles on it, and I, I really kind of, I just felt like I got to stretch my legs a lot more on this one and musically and try some new things. And 
Well, let, let's let's talk about that. Let's talk mm -hmm. about the the making of the album from a production and a musical standpoint, mm -hmm. um, because uh, I I know that this was sort of a a new path that you took. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I have become friends with uh, with the guys in the band Brothers McClurg a few years ago. And we just seem to, to keep connecting on our, our mission and focus. They have a really amazing recording studio in Buffalo, New York. has like every instrument known to man in this studio. <laughs> it's amazing. Everything from like um, uh, a Mellotron, which is something like the Beatles used back in the day. You hear it on <laughs> Strawberry Fields, you know. It makes yeah. it dun, 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 you know, and it's just an amazing instrument. You've got... A huge like Hammond B3 organs. Seriously, when they played it, you would hear it three blocks away. Like, it, like <laughs> you seriously, the studio would just like rock the walls of the whole complex that we were in. Um, so they've got a couple of you know, really great pianos, and and so I I was able to like just take the time I needed, sit at the piano, play some songs. Um, there's there's some things that are almost like almost like Nora Jones jazz type feel, you know, to songs that we did. There's songs that, um, one of them's a pretty rocking song, actually. A lot of electric guitar, a lot of, you know, um, real just driving stuff. There's uh, some ballads on it that, um, you know, I played most of the guitars on this. I played all the piano, um, you know. Some of the background vocals are mine, you know, it, the hand claps are mine, you know, <laughs> different things like that. So we just, we tried a lot of things. There's things like uh, one song in particular talks about, um, you know, asking God, you be the potter, I'll be the clay. And Chris uh, Hoisington, the producer, had this idea of like using the sound of a, a potter's wheel as the only percussion in the song. So in the huh. back, in the background, you hear like this potter's wheel spinning and it's kind of a and the whole song is is that when I'm locked in chains be the voice speaking in my dreams be my arms when I cannot reach be my song when I cannot sing provider you be the potter I'll be the clay be my arms when instead of like where some songs might use like an electric guitar volume swell um, we like did that with vocals instead so he would stand like in the side room and add some things in there that um, things that were just real creative there's there's like a, a country song that's kind of like a fast shuffle but instead of the usual like country like train tracks it's it's like a hand drum type thing he just had some really interesting ideas of like how to do this that makes it sound like the genre but would make people who play this genre usually kind of perk up and go oh that's different you know and yeah. so th it was just such a fun collaborative experience to try some things that i hadn't had a chance to do before musically so that's very cool yeah. um 
you know, it's, it's, it's kind of fun, uh, to, to be on one podcast and talk about a different podcast. So, uh, <laughs> tell us about your podcast. Cause, yeah. um, you've been, you've been trucking away for years now yeah. doing uh, great interviews. So tell oh, us. Thank more. you. Uh, well, my podcast is called voices in my head and I'm, I think I'm going to hit 300 episodes this year, actually. Oh, man, that's um, awesome. been doing it. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. It's mostly a conversational show among guests. Sometimes it's just me talking about uh, some things that are influencing me. But we've, gosh, this last couple of years especially, it's been so much fun. Um, we've had a, a lot of people you've had on your show, like Andrew Peterson or Krista Wells or An- Andrew Osinga, people like that. But we've also had a lot of really great, like um, Hollywood actors, you know, like yeah. uh, Stephen Tobolowski, who was was Ned Ryerson in Groundhog Day. Yeah. You know, um, he came on uh, the show because uh, he wrote a new book about like uh, his return to Judaism and and like really mm. kind of coming to faith and and learning what it means to hear God through religion. You know, and mm. which is a, a really unique thing for a Hollywood type, you know, yeah. to come in and. Um, him being a pretty secular guy, but still like just really seeking something more than he had. So we've we've had fun conversations like that this past year. Um, I've had conversations with our local like Jewish rabbi. I've had conversations with some people from our local Muslim community to talk about things like what are some misconceptions that we've had. So the show can take a lot of different things. And because I call it voices in my head, it's just really things that I find are speaking to me and maybe books I've read or things I've listened to. So we do everything from music to film to, um, you know, theology. And, and sometimes, uh, I even had the author, David Morrell, who wrote first blood that, you know, from the Rambo oh, yeah, books yeah, and stuff to yeah. have a conversation about, um, you know, what it means um, with violence and culture and things like that. Mm. And he, he even had, like, Sylvester Stallone call him and apologize for, like, taking the character that he created and making it such a poster, like, almost a poster boy for the glorification of violence and stuff. So it was, mm. it was interesting to... So we've, we've done a lot of things on the podcast over the years, so... That's very cool. And it's it's available on uh, different different outlets? Yeah, pretty much everywhere you listen to podcasts. Not to mention a, a great interview with Dave Trout from UTR Media. Oh, you that's know, true. That we did that's talking true. about sort of the state of Christian radio. That's one yeah. of my favorite ones and oh. had a lot of listens to that one. That's, so. That was fun to do. Um, you're someone that, that uh, is definitely an encourager, and, and I know a lot of uh, artists are, are and authors and stuff are grateful for uh, just your heart and and the way you lean into people and and I just want to say uh, also thanks for uh, you're, you're someone that has sort of been a, a champion of UTR over mm. the years and as someone who has not been afraid to spread the word and mm. um, tell others about what we're doing so just uh, really appreciate yeah. you doing that My, such a pleasure I love I love you guys I love everything you're doing and your podcasts are just getting better all the time. And so th- thank you for including me. I just feel, I feel honored. The first time UTI ever played my music, I felt like, just thank you, God, finally, like, you know, it was, it was one of my aspirations. Some people aspire a lot of different things, but I love the music so much that you brought. And I thought if I can ever just get a song on UTR, that means, <laughs> at least in my heart, I've made it, you know? So, yeah, so I, I so appreciate oh, you sweet. guys. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so you, I want you to give us one little um, factoid about 
yourself. I know a few things. <laughs> I know a few things um, uh, that are that are non musical in mm -hmm. nature. Uh, so tell us just maybe some of your uh, interests or likes. Oh, I, I just love comic books. I'm a big stupid nerd. I just <laughs> I, I like you, you get me away from uh, music for a while, and I I like to go hang out at the local comic shop with friends. And you have a pretty um, epic like uh, den, or is it a den or basement? It's, it's in the basement. Yeah, it's, it's a, with with some really cool comic posters yeah. lining the walls. Um, that's that's pretty epic. Yeah, I've got I've got enough comics. That, that, well, I I just I have enough comics, but I still buy them. I you know, yeah. um, but it's it's been a fun outlet. Um, and actually, even that I kind of consider a ministry because the guys that my shop I don't think any of them are Christians, but mm. there've been um, there've been moments where like I feel like God has kind of strategically put me in their life when there's been like yeah. a, a loss in their life. Like yeah. one of them's, one of them's mom passed away just really sadly and quickly with cancer. And, um, by, you know, I, I wasn't looking for it, but I kind of like showed up at the shop just as he was locking the doors. Cause he just found out the news and had to leave and it gave me a chance to pray with him. And so it's been, yeah. I kind of call it my comic shop ministry, you know, doing like things that. like that. But that's one of my huge hobbies. Other than that, I'm, I'm trying to stay healthy. I, I've run a lot and I've lost a bunch of weight over the years. And so yeah. I'm trying more and more to figure out how to maintain a healthy life, which is hard on the road and <laughs> yeah. things like this, wow. but yeah. So, um, I just got it. I gotta ask. Okay. What what is what is the uh, the the diamond uh, in your collection? Oh, um, it, the crown jewel of comics in, wow. in your in your uh, stash. I would say for me, um, I have some of the uh, the early Stanley Spider-Man comics. Oh, wow. And uh, it took me a while to find them, but there's this specific storyline called The Master Planner, which is a very famous... I feel like it's maybe the best Spider-Man story they've ever told, and it's from the 60s. Uh, and I have the original, like, three issues of that from... I, I, I don't know when. They're, um, I don't know if they're the most valuable thing I have in my collection, but they're the most special to me because cool. it was the storyline that, like, connected with me yeah. the most. And it is that original like before anybody else wrote it other than stan lee and yeah. uh so uh th those are those are probably my my favorite that i have yeah sweet so. thanks rick thanks yeah. for being on the show my pleasure thank you oh what a great guy rick lee james his new album is called thunder it's available on cd on vinyl is on all uh, download and streaming services as well. You should definitely check it out. Uh, the old Bear Studios guys did a great job producing it. Um, so good. So, uh, Thunder, the song was originally written by Rich Mullins. It was. It's in that you know that the batch, the vault of Rich Mullins songs that never you know became fully produced and, and published for the public. Um, and some of uh, the folks from Rich's past actually uh, did some rewrites to it and kind of upped the, the production value a little bit and allowed Rick to be uh, the person to record it and release it. So it really is quite an honor. And uh, actually, Rich Mullins is a musical hero to Rick Lee James. So um, for those of you who listen to the very end of the show, we got a cookie for you. We are going to play that song, Thunder, in its entirety, uncut, 
uh, by Rickley James right after the outro to this episode. So stay tuned for that. And you can uh, look up uh, Rick Lee James at that name, at that website, rickleejames.com. Well, uh, Christopher Williams, who we heard in the first half, his website is christopherw.com. And we'll put a link to both of these artists' websites in our show notes for this episode. And we'll also um, link you to the iTunes page for both of these brand new albums. Well, uh, we are excited that in our next episode of Green Room Door, we have two more terrific songwriters that we'll be featuring. Um, in fact, uh, you know, we had two fine gentlemen today, and we will have two lovely ladies our next episode, uh, including one of my kind of recent years, just one of my favorite more worship oriented artist Breton Cox who is just releasing a new album and we'll also be talking with 13 time Dove award winning artist Cindy Morgan about her brand new EP that's uh, releasing uh, in just a few weeks so exciting conversation coming up Uh, hey thank you for listening for being a part I'm Dave Trout And Green Room Door is a production of UTR Media, an independent, listener-supported, nonprofit ministry in Chicago, Illinois, and online at utrmedia.org.
think about you living